Welcome to episode 23 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. And joining me today is obviously my co-host, Playoff John himself. How you doing today, buddy? I'm loving life right now, Mike. How about you? You know, 11 leagues in nine championships, won seven of them. So, I mean, I am I'm riding Ooh, high on this. I am beautiful. You know, I ended up being seven first place, two second place, one third, one 101. So it's like the dream season come true, you know. And we're going to talk about some of those ways um, that you and I have found success and how we can translate that to some of our listeners. How did your t- uh, championships turn out? Yeah, I might just brush my shoulders off there for a minute, too. No, it was actually ended up being <laughs> yeah, one of my like best years. In, yeah. um, no, really, really one of my most rewarding and fun years in fantasy or dynasty. I got five of my 10 teams to the championship, and then I ended up going four and one in the finals. And uh, I won my big money league, which was really nice. That's obviously always a, a fun one. But for me, it's actually more about like the bragging rights and the respect. And I won my home league, which was really special for me. It's the one I wanted the most, you know, it's with your boys. It was the first dynasty league that I ever got into hyper competitive. And I uh, actually wanted to give a couple shout outs to Greg and Pete in that league who finished second and third. And they'll be listening to this pod too, uh, especially to Pete. I managed to beat him in the final, but Mike, he made me sweat it out big time. This is like, get out the Maalox because I'm up and I want this bad. But he gets a crazy comeback performance from Diggs on Monday night. And I was sweating it out. So it made it even more special. Like, I'll remember it um, for a lot of different reasons. It was Aaron Rodgers had four touchdowns for me in that snow game. The Diggs comeback. I love, like, every player on that team. So that's what this is all about. It's so much fun. You put in the work. You, it took me four years to finally pull this one off in my home league. Uh, and then some of these other ones were a little bit quicker because you, you start to get good at it, right? Yeah, the home leagues are the ones, you know, where uh, – shout out to my friend Corey who, you know, he won our league three years running. You know, I lost wow. to him. I, I used to talk about him in the refinery. I started Cam Newton when he put up like two points, you know, going into the semis. And uh, I won last year and I was in a spot where, you know, I thought I was done. I thought I was completely done, and Stefan Diggs just went ham, you know. And and Stefan Diggs, was, there was a point where one of my leagues, I just went to sleep. I'm like, I got no chance. And I wake up and I'm like, Stefan Diggs just won me another league, more bragging rights. The money's nice, but it's a matter of like bragging rights in your league and that camaraderie you build with those guys. And um, you know, it's just it's so much fun. And I have to give some of the success is to starting the smash except podcast, the crew that we have together. Oh, absolutely. In that group chat, really. I mean, the success that we've had hasn't come overnight. You know what I mean? We've, we've perfected what we do with trades, what we've, you know, done with start sit. And we want to pass that on to you guys. And tonight's episode is we're going to talk about new year's resolutions, right? I mean, we all have things that we do in dynasty that we can do do better, things that we can improve on, whether it's rookie evaluations, whether it's start sits, 
uh, you know, whether it's our, our trade philosophies, how we do things, we all have something we can look at, right? And this is that time of year. We, we talk about it in real life. You know, we're talking about making resolutions, want to lose weight. You know, we want to eat healthier. We want to do things like that. We're going to talk about our dynasty New Year's resolutions tonight. Now, I'm pretty excited to do that, you know, and we're going to share some stories here and there. But the first one to me is honestly, it's make more dynasty trades. I mean, I last year made 127, crazy amount. This year, I think I actually made more. I didn't count them yet. Cause there towards the end, I was going nuts. You know, I mean, we talked about it a lot and almost after every podcast, we would talk about it. Hey, go buy Derrick Henry. And guess what? I bought six shares and every single one of them won the championship. We talked about go out and buy Stefan Diggs, whatever the price, it's not what it's going to be in the off season. Stefan Diggs, I bought in four places, championships in all four, you know, and, and that's the kind of stuff where you go out and buy that guy. Stefan Diggs value is going nowhere. You know, it's not going down. That's only going to continue to go up the way he's been playing. So John's been saying it all year. Make more dynasty trades. Go out there once every league, once a week, make an offer. You know, the only way you get better at making dynasty trades is talking with people that know a lot about dynasty trades like John and myself or making more offers, you know, and perfecting your craft. Um, John, I know you make a lot of trades and you talked about that. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, your process in the offseason and, and how you're looking to perfect that going into 2021. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, Dynasty, the beauty of it is, in some ways, this is like day one, Mike. I mean, we're kind of starting the Dynasty season in some ways during the offseason. This is when you do all the prep, all the research, and it can be so much fun. In fact, I got to thinking about all the different parts of the offseason that I love, and I actually threw a, a Twitter thread out there. So go check that out. You can find it at Dynasty underscore Trades. And I start talking about your initial rankings coming out of the season, assessing every team, first of all, like what did you do well? What did you screw up on that, that it turns into a resolution, right, Mike? Like you went so crazy at the end, as an example. You were like all in, but does that end up hurting you in Dynasty? Yeah, of course. It's, it's always a balance. It's a win now versus a rebuild later. But you do an assessment first and foremost – of all of your teams, figure out what your gaps are, what your needs are. And, uh, and that's a great place to start, right? But then you got the combine coming. You've got free agency that follows that. You got the actual NFL draft and all the way up through OTAs and mini camps. And all of those different phases are opportunities for you to make trades, assess the different value, what's going on during the offseason, and stay active. Yeah, for you guys that are new to Dynasty, I mean, we've been talking about it literally all year. Every time we're like, we thought the playoffs were Christmas. Right now, you know, today I woke up, it's waiver Wednesday, but there's no waivers. You know, like it's a matter of just getting going, but I'm so excited for the offseason. We got great guests. I mean, Matthew Hicks is coming on next week. We got Chad yes. Carson lined up. I mean, we got some great guests coming on. And what we're going to do the entire offseason is bring on people to try to help you with your craft, to try to give you even more tools in your toolbox to make those dynasty trades. John had a great idea there. And, and it's what I do every year is take this week off, just relax. You know, like I'm having a hard time because today what I did as a commissioner is I went in all my leagues. There you go. Have a drink. I went in all my leagues yeah. and I put polls up and be like, how can we change things? If you're a commissioner, don't be that rigid guy who say, I rule, this is what we do. It's about having fun. So you got 12, 14, 16 guys in there. I went in and I put a poll. 
I said, what do you guys want to do? I want to hear you guys. Some people want to change to, you know, more open formats. You know, we want to take away a less structured schedule as far as our, our structured starting lineup. You know, they want to do one, one and a bunch of flexes and other people want to get rid of this position or increase tight end premium from 1.5 to 1.75. But let your league mates do that kind of stuff. Do the votes, have some fun with it, because ultimately, you know, they're the ones that have fun with you. And the more you can make it interactive the whole year, the better your dynasty leagues are going to be. I mean, I hear about a lot of a lot of people are saying, hey, oh, Mike, I, I want to make trades, but people disappear from January until April, until the, the draft. And that's your time to get ready. That's your time to make some moves and, and try to get things going. But the most active leagues are the ones where people feel like they have a say. If you, if you write them out and say, this is how it is, then they're not going to show up for a while, you know? So, so do those kind of things as, as a commissioner, but assess your dynasty teams, you know, take the week off. Don't make any trades. I got four trade offers this morning and I'm like, I just won the championship last <laughs> yeah. night. It doesn't mean I want to trade these guys, but sit back, relax a little bit and, and start assessing these teams. You know, I have 11 teams. You talked about it. My, one of my resolutions is to avoid some of these all-in moves. Now, John and I talked before I got on here. I mean, I'm in 11 leagues last year. Four of them I was trying to rebuild, while seven of them I was trying to compete. This year I had all you know, 11 of them ready to compete, and I'm like, some of those ones I wanted to go all-in. I wanted to go above and beyond. But, you know, I was talking to a guy on Twitter, at SnarkPilotFF, and he said, you know, these all-in moves – don't end up winning all the time. You know, like I talked about Derrick Henry and yes, he won me championships, but for every win, there's a negative situation, right? Uh, Riley Bymaster, friend of the show, you know, he's in Dynasty Refinery Listener One, which John just lit, joined, which is going to be awesome. Um, I'm I mean, coming for you guys. That's right. So I was the one seed all year. I lost one game, you know, and right after our Michael Thomas episode, I was like, I, Michael Thomas is going to blow up, right? And I'm tired of what Chris Godwin's going to be doing. So I trade Chris Godwin for Michael Thomas, and he's like, well, I'm going to need a little bit more. And I'm, we're talking week 11 at this point. He goes, I want Jalen Hurts. I said, sure, why not, right? It's Carson Wentz's job. Wrong. Oh. Wrong. You know, that one hurts bad. So now not only did I – then we get to the championship week. I'm a shoe-in, right? The guy's starting C.J. Bathard, Dare Ongumbawale, um, Jeff Wilson. I'm like, this is – and meanwhile, my team's like Dalvin Cook. Alvin Kamara, you know, I'm just stacked. There's no way I'm going to lose. I lost by five. Wow. Marvin Jones put up five. Chris Godwin put up 14. So not only did I, if I made no deal at all, I got Jalen Hurts still sitting there. Chris Godwin would have won me the championship. So sometimes we make wow. yeah. those moves where I've I seen it. That's what hurts. And that's, like I said, I won all these leagues, but that's what I'm thinking about the most is that I screwed that up. That put me in a situation where Michael Thomas values depreciating. Chris Godwin is, you know, starting to come on here a little bit. He had a great week 16 mm -hmm. and Jalen Hurts looks to be straight fire, you know, and yeah. put you in a situation where Snark told me that he, he dealt uh 20, 21 first for Julio Jones, thinking Julio Jones was going to be there for him in the, in the playoffs. I thought Michael Thomas was going to be there for me in the playoffs. And it's a different situation where if I have Michael Thomas instead of Marvin Jones and he puts up 15 points, I win the championship. I don't care. But now I'm in a situation where I'm going to have to rebuild a little bit. I'm going to have to, to tear some pieces apart, and I'm going to have to try to figure those things out. And oftentimes these all-in moves don't work, you know, and it, it's it's a tough time to figure out when when do I make that trade? Do I do it in week 11 and want that guy to take me into the playoffs? Do I wait until week 13, 14, you know, and it doesn't always pan out. 
Yeah. In fact, in my home league, I had a guy that did kind of go all in, traded all his picks and picked up Kamara, picked up Tyreek Hill and uh, Matt Ryan, a couple other pieces, but ended up finishing in fifth place. It does not always play out. In, in my home league, I actually did not make any late season moves. And so I'm feeling really good heading in as a defending champ next year. So, yeah, you do need to be careful of that one for it's sure, tough. Mike. I mean, it's tough because you feel like, okay, J.K. Dobbins isn't really catching on here. So maybe if I pair, if I package him with something else, I can buy a guy who's going to take me to the championship. And I made some of those kind of moves I, I talk about on the podcast all the time to make those insulated trades, right? Well, people came right. to me. Cause I'm, I'm not, I'm not your playoff, John, I'm championship Mike, you know, it's a little bit different No, but they came to me and they're like, well, he's got a surplus of picks and he's got some young guys. Let's cherry pick off of this and try to sell it that way. And I, I fell into the trap. You know, I gave my brother Dobbins in a first and I gave another guy Hopkins in a first and I gave another guy Burrow in a first because those guys were not performing at the time, you know, and, and they would have propelled me to the championship, but the guy I played against that week, just had the most ridiculous week ever. Now I'm in a spot where I moved all my rookies. You know, I moved guys that I'm I'm upset about. And those two losses that I have were the teams that I went all in on. Um, so, you know, sometimes it works. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. Hit us up if you got those trades. You know, obviously put in hashtag smash accept. And that can, you know, we'll help you out with those trades. Because sometimes you look at a trade and you're like, that's going to win for me. And then you get another set of eyes on there and John or myself or Mung or Jesse or Mark, you know, we'll look at that and be like, hold off, you know, just hold off a little bit, temper those expectations and be patient with, especially those rookies, right? We want to be patient with those rookie running backs. That's one that you and I talked about Yes, where we can't trade, you know, you, we talked about it all year. JK Dobbins is going to be a beast. And then I got, impatient and i was like i gotta move mm-hmm. on to something else right and then we get to the the playoffs and i had to buy a running back from somebody else i had to overpay for jeff wilson you know so like because i moved dobbins we talked about jonathan taylor right there was a, a yeah. scenario there was a time period where his value dropped off that's um, right that's be patient with clyde edwards hilaire those of you who are patient with cam Akers, you know you had a nice little little kickback there all those rookie running backs if you were patient they panned out and we're talking about Jonathan Taylor as a back-end first-round startup pick, you know, at this point. Yeah, yeah. listen to this. From weeks 13 to 16, Jonathan Taylor was actually the number two overall running back. And people were bailing on him, Mike, yeah. midway through the season. But you got to remember, guys, these, these rookie running backs, they're learning the playbook. They're le- learning blocking schemes, pass protection. They're learning to find the holes. You have to be patient with them, but they can pay off down the stretch like Taylor. The one guy that was it finished in front of him, Mike, is one guy that we talked about quite a bit, David Montgomery. How many times did we hype him down the stretch in the playoffs? But people bailed on him after season one as well. So it does take time. Some take longer than others. Montgomery took like a year and a half for the, to, to really click for this guy. But – those kind of patient moves can really pay off. I ended up with a couple of championship rosters with Taylor. And so you're looking at Dobbins, Akers, Swift, and finding those kind of guys next year. And remember this now, next season, where you actually are patient, you know that they could start to ramp towards the end of the season or the following season and really help you win championships down the road. 
And we talked about that the whole time, you know, and sometimes yeah. it's a matter of being patient yourself. But I said Jonathan Taylor is going to be a league winner, and he was, you know, and we, we totally agreed on that. Edwards Hilaire was the hot hand where I feel like he's a buy right now. David Montgomery, if you're making those trades, we talked about making those all-in trades, those big move trades. Don't do it for a veteran. You know, I was in a situation where I lost James Robinson, you know, and we didn't have him week 16. And I go, man, what am I going to do with this? And I, I call up my buddy Andrew and I'm like, hey, I want David Montgomery. You know, let's just do a flip. These guys are really close in value. And I threw him a little bit on top, you know, just to try to get it. But make lateral moves in the same tier or in the same age bracket. You know, sometimes we try to if you're making those deals for the Robert Woods, the Julio Jones, the T.Y. Hiltons, those are the ones that if you don't win, they're done. Right. That value. If you offer it up for Julio Jones, you're done. You got it, that killed your value completely. And in the, in the league that I was talking about in the beginning, my buddy Corey made a trade with his brother Brady, and he offered up – he got C.D. Lamb in a first for Aaron Jones and Julio Jones. And the guy's like, I'm going to win the championship. I got Julio. I got Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones gets banged up. Julio Jones doesn't even play. And C.D. Lamb puts up 25 points. So not only did you take points away from your lineup, but you just gave up – I don't want to say it, but – I mean, borderline the wide receiver one going into dynasty. He's he's approaching that status. Um, I still have Devontae Adams there. I and mean, it was for obvious reasons what he did in week yeah. 16. You cannot move at this point in the game. I cannot put anybody above Devontae Adams. You know, I'm hearing a lot of wow. rumbling about Justin yeah. Jefferson. The DK Metcalf noise is quieted down. But Devontae Adams has to be your wide receiver one. He's on the board there behind you. You know, shout out to draftkits.co for these sweet boards. Um, but honestly, be patient, you know, be patient with those rookies, be patient with those rookie wide receivers, right? Sometimes those guys pan off late. Yeah, John. Yeah. And it, yeah. And another thing that, that to go along with this in terms of new year's resolutions is watch the landing spots and not overemphasizing talent over landing spots is one of my key, key tips here. And, and look, we ended up with a special running back class, but I will use this as an example. CEH. Pre-draft, Mike, you remember this. He was typically ranked somewhere on talent based, like, let's say five, six. I mean, there were a few guys that had him higher. I, I know that, but those were outliers. Consensus was like five or six. But he gets drafted by the Chiefs in the first round, and he gets hyped beyond belief, and he was drafted over Taylor, Swift, Gibson, Akers. I could go on and on, right? And so now if you look at the, the kind of the postseason – Rankings, CH has fallen in back down to about where he was pre-draft, five, six, somewhere in that range. I still love the guy. It is a buy-low opportunity. Make no mistake about it. I agree with that. He's in a great offense. I get it. But if you if you really take a step back, really watch talent over landing spot. Look at DeAndre Swift. Everyone was knocking him, dropping him down the rankings because why he's in Detroit. He has to he has to play for Matt Patricia. Well, look what's happening. Matt Patricia is now gone. Adrian Peterson is on his way out. Carry on Johnson, see you later. In one season, he's quickly established as the guy, and he's got the talent, and he has the opportunity, right? So coaches change, systems change. During the offseason, I, I suggest for everyone, and Mike, we're going to do this on the show starting next week with Matt Hicks, right? Come up with a pre-NFL draft set of rankings based on talent. And then after the NFL draft, go back and tweak those a little bit, but you got to weight that talent. So that's one of the things that I always recommend 
that savvy dynasty players do. Yep, that's that's number four. There obviously is is making sure we trust the tape, make sure we we trust our evaluations. You know, and it, that's similar to what you're saying there is. When I um, we had Aton Mosio on the Dynasty Refinery, and I ended up getting Clyde edwards helaire at the two oh four because we did it before we actually started. You know, all the wide receivers were going yeah. there ahead of all the there running backs, all three of the quarterbacks, and you know you got to trust that talent. We had Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift as the one and the two, and then the landing spots changed it all. You know, and people started taking them down and and moving there. But trust that tape. You know, trust what you've seen. You can ultimately, we want you to listen to what we're telling you, and we're going to have great guests on that are right. going to further emphasize right. what we're saying. But trust your evaluation. You don't. The, the worst case scenario is you take Clyde Edwards-Helaire at the 101 because you heard some guy say, yep, that's the guy. But you thought Jonathan Taylor was the man the whole yeah. time. But you just did last Spot second. On. Like, well, Mike Tagliere said Clyde Edwards-Helaire is going to be a top five running back. Or I heard this was going on. And those are great analysts and they know their stuff. But ultimately, you're the one that controls your dynasty team. And if you do those kind of things, Mike Tagliere is not coming to your house and apologizing. You know, you you (laughs) ultimately got to deal with the guy that you drafted. And we all do that. You know, we all make those mistakes. But we're going to have some of the best in the business, you know, lined up to go over rookies and and starting next week already. You know, like resolution this week, talking about rookies next week. And that is so much earlier than what we're used to, you know, is just get it out there as soon as possible because the 2021 class is going to be very special as well. 2020 was great. This class is going to be really special as well. So you guys are going to want to really no doubt because you don't want to trade any of these picks right now in the off season. You know, you do not want only going to gain in value at this point. Hold on to those things. Yes. They're just going to accumulate in value. We, we talk about that by veterans, in the off season or sell veterans. If you can, if you get a top dollar, but if do not sell those rookie picks, hold on to those. They're only going to increase yeah. sell them until draft day. Well, well, Mike, I mean, you mentioned this scenario earlier where you went all in, you got all these veterans and it helped you win a lot of titles, but now you're like, what do I do during the off seasons? The time to start moving those guys. There's always going to be a few teams that now think that they're going to take the next step. They're going to compete for the title. You target those teams, you dump the veterans to those teams, and you start rebuilding or reloading, however you want to look at it, for the upcoming season with rookie picks and other young talent, right? It can be done. And I've seen it done where you think you're rebuilding. Next thing you know, down the stretch, you're competing for a, for a defending title, right? So that, that's the kind of stuff that you want to start looking at as you evaluate all your teams and come approach Mike and I or Mung or the crew, and we'll kind of help you with some of those moves. We'll look at your whole lineups and kind of advise you on, hey, you're really heavy at wide receiver, really weak at running back and tight end. Here's a few guys you could target. Think about this. You need to get another QB. Look for some rookie picks. All that kind of stuff we love doing. I mean, we, we live and breathe this stuff, right, Mike? Absolutely. And that's a great point because what I'm, I mean, I'm all about those insulated trades and I was in a league where I was like, I won two years in a row. I came in second and I thought the guy ahead of me was way better. So I blew it up. Right. I started making insulated trades. I talk about this one a lot, but I got DK Metcalf in a first for, for Hopkins. And then I, you know, I just started doing that with all my guys. I ended up accumulating five first by doing two for ones, take that perceived value of a guy like Dalvin cook and try to get, something you know he's he's a top five startup pick or top six try to get him try to get a running back like josh jacobs plus or a guy that you really believe is going to take that next step 
plus. And, and then that's how you take that team that you tried to go all in and you move it to a point where now all of a sudden you're branching out, right? Some of those guys hit and you're right back into the scenario where you wanted to be just like, you know, a couple of weeks ahead of time, you know, and that it's tricky in that situation. It's hard to make those moves. Um, I was almost going to hit I, you just throwing the league. I was going to try to trade you Dalvin, you know, for, for David Montgomery and your early pick. And I was like, Hey, let's play. I game. do love me some Dalvin. Yeah, I know he's, he's in the background of, uh, by the way, your new background or your new AVI and your new banner, the things are straight hot. You know, I don't know if you want to tell people where they can find that. Yeah, it was. I, I, I wanted to hype up Matty big chest. who just got me a new, uh, Twitter AVI, new tw- Twitter background. Guy is really the best. And so go look him up, Matty Big Chest. Props to him again for for hooking me up. And he's he's done a lot of the look and feel for the Smash Accept too. So this guy's a straight baller, straight fire there. Thank you, Matty. Yeah, man, he does great stuff. We were talking before we got on air about him possibly doing our listener league background. So guys, now's the time, right? I, we're so excited. It's it's, it's the, the off season. At the Dynasty, Lefty and I are actually doing a startup with uh, at Dynasty Jacobian. He started, it starts on Friday. That's how much of a fan wow. I am. Wow, love it. I was like, yeah. I'm going to take some of these winnings, and it's a super flex. I got Reinvest them. And it's this week, right? But the Listener League, we're talking about kicking off maybe mid to late February, March. You know, So once start, things start settling down a little bit. Um, we have a couple guys that won some spots on there, but we're going to be doing a 14-team super flex with seven guys from the Smash Accept, you know, analysts with seven of you. So if you guys are interested in that, start hitting us Can't up. Can't wait for that one. What's yeah. that? Yeah, I cannot wait for that Smash Accept listener league. That that one's going to be fun. Competing with you and some of our listeners can't, cannot wait. That That's seriously something I'm looking forward to. Right? We just jumped you yeah. into an orphan. But all of us yeah. just drafting together, you know. Yeah, cannot wait. Guys. Seven listeners, seven analysts. It's going to be a blast. I mean, we're going to be chat, you know, chatting it up with you guys. You guys are going to be making some moves with us. I mean, we're we're excited about it. You know, we did some things yeah. like that in the past, but who knows? Maybe we fill like a couple slots. But hit us up on that. Um, you know, obviously, we're looking on on iTunes for more reviews. You know, we're always trying to build that up. We want to work our way up the chart. Hit us up whenever you can on that as well. Yeah, and I have a couple other New Year's resolutions. I know you too, but when you think about drafting, there's a couple things that became pretty pervasive across the expert community that you got to watch out for. And and I, I want to point these out. One is don't always assume that there's going to be player regression with certain players. And the other one that we can talk about is it, it's just a common misconception that when great wide receivers go to a new team, in that first year that their their value is going to decline really quickly, right? So we have free agency coming up in the April timeframe. Got to watch out for that. Let's start with that one, right? So think about this. How many times did you, Mike, or the expert community drop down Nuke because a uh, new system, he's got to adjust, he's got to play with a new QB. It, it's, you know, Arizona, they're going to move the ball around. He's not going to really command the same level of targets as he did in Houston. Different different deal now. Nope, that didn't apply at all. The other one is Diggs. I didn't have nearly enough shares of Diggs because I'm like, okay. Yeah, he was obviously balled out in Minnesota. But can he do it in Buffalo? He's That's a major adjustment, completely different system. Josh Allen, new coach. And look at what he did. He was winning people's championships, and he nearly cost me one. 
And so that's one that you really got to watch out for. And so let's pay attention to that. And let's not necessarily drop these guys down. If they're a phenomenal, unique talent at wide receiver, they may stay that way regardless because you just can't cover these guys. It's just natural talent on the football field, right? We tell ourselves narratives in the offseason, right? That's, what That's right. We don't know what it is, but you tell yourself a narrative, and it can be a false narrative. So we say DeAndre Hopkins is going to fall into the same pit as Odell Beckham did. Wrong. The quarterback was the same. The coach was the same, right? That And, and the offensive coordinator was the same. Now we're talking we talk about Cleveland, everything changed. It was in disarray, right? Totally different. Yeah. We started believing it was the same thing. Now, you know, Stefan Diggs comes to a situation where we have a stable quarterback, we have a stable offensive coordinator, we have a great-minded coach, and and Josh Allen's an ascending talent. And we're all arguing that Stefan Diggs is gonna do worse in Buffalo as the primary wide receiver when we agreed the whole way across the board that he's a top five route runner, he's an elite talent. And he was the number two or one in Minnesota. And we tell ourselves these narratives, you know, and we, yeah. And I start buying into them myself. Right. It's hard not to. And, and it's, I mean, talk about narratives, right? I was giving up on Jalen hurts because I'm like, Carson Wentz is yeah. the guy, right? I don't need to yeah, in the second round. That's not a big deal, but Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. I had him as a top 10 dynasty quarterback going in. I remember what he did in 2017. Right. So I'm like, this guy's going to be fine. Jalen Hurts, he's not going to be able to pass in the NFL. You know, we'll see things. The frame isn't quite there. And now what? I have no shares. Yeah. Of Jay- I have one share of Jalen Hurts. That's it. No, I, I, Mike, I'm guilty of this one too. And, and watch this one. Pay attention to the draft and where these teams select quarterbacks, especially the first, first round, second round draft capital. I kind of wrote off Jalen Hurts. I'm like, come on, he has Carson Wentz in front of him. But if they believe in the talent, and that talent um, starts looking pretty good when your Carson Wentz starts struggling. All of a sudden, Jalen Hurts literally won leagues, and it, and it could have been bought pretty cheap. So that's a narrative that you really got to watch out for. I'm going to be paying close attention to. And kind of coming back to this other one too, Mike, about regression. I mean, how many times was the narrative on Darren Waller or Ryan Tannehill that there's no way that they could sustain that kind of efficiency or that kind of usage they're going to come back down to the to the norm, right? They're they're kind of this outlier. They don't fit my analytic models. I heard it like constantly. But look what happened. Like we talked about in the pod. I mean, if you listen to the pod, you probably would not have bought into this. I have so many Darren Waller shares. Three of my five championship teams had Darren Waller. But I just knew. I was like, look, Gruden is always going to feed the tight end, right? The whole system they've built in the, on the Raiders – centers around Darren Waller. He's a complete athletic freak, always gets open. So no, his his usage does not have to come back down to earth. And look what happened. He's the, the number two overall tight end by far, by the way, second to only Kelsey, of course, said, well, don't, don't get me going on Kelsey again. Um, but yeah, same thing with Tannehill. Darren Waller, yeah. who, by the way, I have in that league you just joined. So Yeah, I just noticed that. Thank um, you. Darren Waller is still, I think, going to be discredited in the offseason again. I mean, it still feels that way. Watch for it. Yeah. And Dave are still not getting the love that, you know, that they deserve. And Tannehill. Tannehill, once again. We believed a narrative with Darren Waller, right? Okay. Now we have Brian Edwards is going to be there. Oh, wait. He's always injured. Ruggs is going to tear it up because they got a deep threat. Who's the wide receiver one? for the Raiders, if you take away Waller, it's Nelson Aguilar, you know, Aguilar. I mean, 
that's the guy not yeah. getting enough credit for what he's done this year. I mean, he put up 26 and a half in the fantasy championship if you rolled him out there. But we just we we tell ourselves narratives, we start believing what we read, everything on Twitter, and we put ourselves in situations right. where we sometimes forget about talent. We we push that aside and we're like, this is what's gonna happen. Everybody's saying it. It's gotta be true. And we were the contrarians on that. We bought Darren Waller everywhere. We had Darren Waller everywhere. And it's it, it paid off, you know. And it, it he if you had him, he was on I saw on CBS, he was on 32% of all championship rosters. Amazing. Darren Love Waller him. Was that guy. You know, Kittle was or Kelsey was 38%. So those were guys that won you those championships. Devontae Adams was on 36%. You know, Stefan Diggs was on 36%. Believe in some of those kind of things. Um, with what we were saying before, one thing that at Joey Hartraff put in patience with your trades. Okay. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we get a trade offer and instead of shopping around to the rest of the league, we're like, dang, that's a pretty good offer. He's going to, he's going to pull that back if I don't accept it. Right. Cause we've all had that guy that, you know, there's some guys there where they're like, they throw you the offer and then they pull it back. But I got an offer. Okay. That's good. No need to rush. Let's talk to the other owners. And we don't have to do it in the group chat once you get an offer. Talk to the guys individually and be like, listen, this guy wants Christian McCaffrey off my team. Can you beat this offer? You know, if you don't, I'm going to go with this. And no one's going to go to him and talk him out of it, but you might be able to get a better offer for Christian McCaffrey. We just see that offer and we're like, nope, I'm hitting it. You know, there are very few offers where I literally just hit smash accept instantly. I'm in a lot of good leagues, so people don't send those kind of drunk offers and the offers that you wake up and you're just like, what is that? But talk to your league mates. Don't feel like you have to rush into it. Hit us up on Smash Accept, any of our accounts, you know, myself, John, Mung, anybody. Hit us up and be like, what do you think of this trade? You know, and we'll break it down for you. We'll talk about it with you and, and do the best we possibly can. Get the most out of it and be patient when you get that offer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a, that's a really good one, too. And I'll throw this one in there, too, as a New Year's resolution that I tell myself not to do, but I still do it. And that's don't overvalue the players on your team. OK, I mean, look, in Dynasty, you're going to have the same team over and over again if you don't make any moves. Right. So, OK. And look, I mean, I'm coming off some championships. I'm already asking myself if it ain't broke, but that's just not the way things work. Right. Players are aging. Players are changing teams. There's a ton of churn in the NFL every offseason. You have to stay on top of it. You have to find your edge. And you just can't overvalue your own players. So go start asking yourself, who, who maybe should I be dealing here? I've been getting some offers on you know, some of, this, some of these guys. What can I get for them? Can I get younger? Can I pick up some picks? Can I do some insulated trades? Start breaking it apart. Don't marry yourself to any of these players or get another league and try diversifying a little bit and getting some other players. And you start to realize, okay, I shouldn't have overvalued all those other players because it prevented me from making trades that I should have made all along. I'm telling you, just like we've been saying, even if it's some of your absolute favorite players in real life or fantasy, consider moving them. Ask yourself what you could get for them. And, and especially some of these guys that just helped win some championships, the value is sky high for them. Guys like Kamara, Devontae Adams, we saw what Diggs did, or Mike Evans. By the way, Mike, I don't know if you heard this. Those were, since the year 2000, four of the top 10 Week 16 performances 
right? So four of the top 10 in the last 20 years were all this year. So what a wild way to finish the season. But again, recency bias is pervasive. So take advantage of it, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we get ourselves, I feel like the more leagues you're in and the more trades you are in, the more you start to look at them less as like, this is Christian McCaffrey as yes. the value of Christian McCaffrey. You know, That's I mean, right. A lot of people the word shares, but let's say this isn't Christian McCaffrey. This is Christian McCaffrey's value. And look at them more a little bit monetarily. Uh trade that was just sent in from at fantasy football. It's at F-N-T-S-Y-F-T-B-L-L. He just cashed in, right? He had Dalvin Cook. Listen to what he got for Dalvin Cook, right? So I'm okay. assuming he probably won the championship. He got T. Higgins, the 102, the 114, a 22 first and a 22 second. Ooh, so wow. he just went and he took Dalvin Cook and he's like, I'm going to go load up, right? I'm going to get himself into a Damn. situation where I'm moving forward. And we're doing one of those kind of deals where you get a package and you get multiple things. And you can do what you know I talk about all the time is a cascading trade. Now all those pieces, you don't have to keep them off. You don't like T. Higgins? Yeah. Trade him for someone else plus and start making yourself right accumulate a portfolio that you can move. Make it liquid. Move it into something that you want, that you believe in. I talk about that a lot. A lot of you guys, I'm going to do last year, episode two was my rebuild episode. I love talking about rebuilds. I love breaking them down into a two-year process. I'm doing it with my friend Mike right now in our um, in, a, in a writer's league, and he's going to be ready. He's going to, you know, he went from, you've really got to commit to it, and we're going to talk about it, but now he's going to get Trevor Lawrence. He's got CeeDee Lamb. He's got Metcalf. He did it the right way, and now he's ready to go. Nice. And that's exciting you know when you can do those things properly um i think another one is trusting sometimes we don't trust a player because he's an undrafted free agent you know james yes robinson, i was james robinson rule all year for nothing i got him mm. in two leagues you know after the rookie draft as a free agent i got him in a one league for a 2021 20, second because someone's like week one he had like 15 fantasy points and they're like He's never going to do that again. So I was like, hey, I'm going to take a gamble on this kid. There's nothing else there, right? The most I paid for any of my James Robinson shares, and I have eight of them, was a 2022 first. And then I took that, wow. that particular one. I traded for David Montgomery. He won me a championship. So just because a guy was an undrafted free agent or he went in the fourth round of your rookie pick, rookie yes. draft, or he didn't get drafted in the rookie draft at all, like Robert Tunyon, don't discredit that person completely. You know, sometimes there's veterans we want to sell immediately, right? Mark Ingram has a good game. Adrian Peterson has a good game. Flip those guys. But when James Robinson or Robert Tunyon, those guys have a good game, they're going to have some dynasty value, and they're still young. And the situation in Jacksonville just got real ripe, right? Trevor Lawrence is going to be coming there. James Robinson seems like a safe play where he's shown he can pass protect. He's shown he can catch the ball. He's going to be a three-down back with a borderline elite quarterback coming in. Oh, I can see this narrative playing out all off season though, because we're fixated on the draft capital and I get it. And we, you know, frankly, like we may not have another James Robinson in 2021 class. We may not, I mean, it is kind of a freaky situation, but if you were paying attention, right. And you were staying on top of things, you were following OTAs and mini camps, or I guess we didn't really have OTAs this time around, but if you were, still following what was going on with the teams. You may have ended up with some James Robinson shares. But that's a really good point is come back to that point we made earlier about really looking at the talent and the talent plus the situation 
and you will end up with some of these guys. Just because they went late or they were undrafted, don't write them off. And here's another one I'll throw in there, Mike. Similar line of thinking and similar narrative is that college usage, I think it's way overblown, and it can work in both directions, right? So remember the narrative about too little usage for Antonio Gibson. How could this guy ever be a running back? He's had 33 touches in college, right? Right. Ooh, and it's, yeah. it's an easy one to fall into. I mean, when I was on Go yeah. District, they talked about it. Those guys were like, this is a mirage, you know? And, and it, right. it felt but that way. And remember at the combine. McCaffrey and we're like, mm, I don't yeah. know. Right. Yeah. And, he, and that's right. So the coach speak can, can be actually a hint, though, in some cases. But this guy ran a 4.39, weighed over 2.20, had the hands of a receiver. Looks like he had the body to running back. You start looking at him on film and you're like, holy smokes, this guy is legit. And I, I mean, Antonio Gibson was my single most owned player at one point this past season because I believed in that talent and kind of overlooked this narrative. And wow, did that one pay off for me? You, you've heard me hyping up Antonio Gibson. But also, let's look at the other side of this. And this is a big one because we got a couple of backs coming out that do have a lot of usage. And that's um, – too much usage. So Jonathan Taylor, how often did we hear that this guy had too much tread off the tires, way too much mileage on the odometer constantly. There's no and, and, you know, to college. I just don't, I write, I completely dismissed that one, right? Because in dynasty, what are you really looking for from a, a rookie running back draft? You're looking for that rookie contract, you know, four, maybe five years. And if you get, Great usage out of a guy for four or five years. Who cares what they do after that? If you get a second contract, gravy. That's beautiful. So watch out for this. And, Mike, we're going to hear a lot about this. Um, with I'll, I'll throw this in. Age. Age and usage for Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. They both returned and were seniors right in college, and so they have an extra year. That means they're a little bit older coming out. I don't care. I'm completely dismissing that because I care about that rookie contract. Yes, maybe they have a little more mileage on them. I'm not. I'm not going to let that factor in. And I, I frankly have those two guys at the moment. I mean, I'll listen to Matt Hicks next week, but I've got those guys one and two in my early, early 21 rookie running back rankings. Javante Williams would be the other guy that I would throw in in my top three right now. I'm super excited to have him on. You know, he's obviously working an NFL draft Bible right now. I just beat him for third place in the UDPL. Nice. I should have won that league. I was in first place the whole year. Ooh. And Dynasty Builders came and they they just went nuts. And and then this week I had Kamara and Cook and everybody went Josh Allen. Um, but yeah, fresh off a loss, we'll bring him on here. But we had <laughs> one Dynasty Refinery where he came on and he predicted the 2021 class. Because we talked oh, nice. about last year, before you trade them picks, know who it is. You know, we're going to have him come on and say, this is what the 2021 class is looking like. But I also want him to hint on 2022 because there's a lot of startups going to be happening. Oh, I like that. About, what's that 2022 first worth? You know, yeah. who are some of the guys in that class? Because we all know the big names that are coming out in 2021. He's going to help us out with that. We're excited to have him on. A couple other guys. Um and the tricky thing is, you know, trying to find that that void there between the young upside wide receivers and those veteran wide receivers. One uh, New Year's resolution I have is don't write off those 27, 28, 29-year-old wide receivers because if you did that, you missed out on another wide receiver one season from Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, 
Devonte Adams, you know, Michael Thomas. Right on. Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> I threw that in there. That's, but you missed out on those because you're like, that guy's 27. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with him. You know, that's not the guy I want. And I was getting Stefan Diggs in the fourth, fifth round of startups. Devonte Adams was falling to mid second and he won you a championship. I mean, that you can't replace yeah. that kind of. Yeah. With, with wide receivers, QBs, tight ends, age is important, but it is not everything. And that's why, I mean, I keep coming back to this one too. I know I've hit it before in the pods. I still have Travis Kelsey as the tight end one in dynasty. I know he's multiple years older than than Kittle, but yeah, I mean, I love Kelsey and I still have him as the tight end one. And he was a cheat code. One of the fantasy MVPs of this year, a little bit older, same thing with, Nuke and, and Keenan Allen and some of these other guys don't necessarily write them off. They can help you win championships. Absolutely, Mike. Absolutely. The last one I wanted to touch on, and I don't know if you have any more after that, but I want to avoid those last second lineup changes. You know, that's my biggest New Year's resolution. And Ooh, being part of Smash Except, we talk about that all the time in our group chat, you know, and we're like, who do we start and who do we do that, those things? And this offseason, we're going to create our Patreon program, and we're going to have you guys be able to be a part of our group chats because it's helped me out a ton this year where we're going in there and say, hey, should I start DeAndre Swift or Chris Godwin this week? And someone's like, yo, you know, DeAndre Swift, they don't have any coaches there this time. It's going to be a difficult situation. Godwin going against a bottom three pass you know, defense. I'd go Godwin. And, and it eliminates some of those things. It's it takes you off an island a little bit more. It prevents those situations where you have that last second where you're like, this guy, that guy, this guy, this guy. Oh, okay. And you change it out last second. If you're part of a community where we're talking fantasy football year round, we're talking dynasty year round, it helps. You're in that group. We'll help you out with those kind of things. And we're excited to launch our Patreon. It's going to be coming out soon. And it's something that can't wait. we're excited to help you guys. That's what it's all about. Yeah, and I have, I have another one I'll throw in there too that's similar, and and that's like really work hard to replace injured players. Like be really, really aggressive and active. Uh, I, I got this in talking to uh, one of the listeners on the show at Fish Sticks that threw this out there. You think about what happens here like with uh, Christian McCaffrey or George Kittle, right? And, and remember, we were, we were telling ourselves this narrative, like, they'll be back by the fantasy playoffs. Do not necessarily count on that, though. We don't know what that rehab looks like. We don't know what happens when they start to get back into it. And it costs some people, right? Go out and overspend if you have to. Spend your fab heavily up front to get a Mike Davis or, Mike, a guy you like, like a Logan Thomas, right? Someone like that. He's going to be and just guy. just be more active to replace those guys. You got to replace them. And you got to spend so, your fab early when it's when you're in you a do. league. You can hold on to that, right? Because you might have a guy come out of the woodworks in week ten, week eleven. But in dynasty, by week four, it's the wells run dry. You know, in most leagues, if you're running exactly five man roster, that that disappears quick. So when Mike Davis has a game where he puts up sixteen points, you go and you dump 40% of your budget yeah. and go all in. Right. Or better yet, you you actually do handcuff some of these guys. And if you have deep rosters, I'm going to do another study on this I did last season where I studied all 32 teams and their, their backup running back situation. That is a brutal position. It inevitably churns through so many injuries. And we saw like CMC and Saquon Barkley go down right away. And we could rattle off 
so many other ones. And so being prepared for that. Don't worry about handcuffs. Don't do it. We talk about it a lot. If you had Tony Pollard, you moved to the championship because he was right. You know, if you had Mike Davis, you put yourself in a position that you replaced Christian McCaffrey. If you had JD McKissick, you were in the championship because he was backing up. And these are guys that you can usually get for a third, a late second at most. And it gets you a situation where if you had Antonio Gibson and you didn't have McKissick and you don't move on, that second, that 212 is worthless, right? If you're winning a championship, get those guys, get those handcuffs, you know, and we're talking about elite handcuffs. We're not talking about just have everybody's backup. We're talking about those guys that are going to win it for you. The Alexander Madison's, the Pollard's, all those, those type Chase Edmonds. And sometimes we get into an off season where, if Zeke gets traded, Tony Pollard's value is going to skyrocket. And you better believe I'm going to be trying to pick up Tony Pollard everywhere and, yeah. and some of those guys. And Arizona, you know, Kenyon Drake could be gone. Chase Edmonds' value skyrockets. You can buy that kind of stuff, those kind of players. Yeah, love team, it. Right? Like, here's another one. Um, what's going to happen with Aaron Jones? I kind of think he's, he's going to be out in Green Bay. And look what happened with the snow game and A.J. Dillon. That's an interesting one. Traded my only AJ Dillon share to get. Oh, you know, I, I got Jeff Wilson in a little bit because I was like, I needed a running back so bad. Yeah, and I get it. Yeah, you know, it, but it's now's the time you maybe go pick up a couple of those guys, right? And yeah, so study those free agents. To, I, in fact, back to my post earlier, I listed out all of the big free agents across every position. You know, I could I could rattle a lot of these these guys off. Pay really close attention. Off season, but oh yeah, we'll save that for the next pod, right? When you're talking, I got it right now. It's you know, Juju's Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay. There's so many guys that could change teams, and it's like it's an exciting off season. And here at Smash, except we are just eager to get you guys to that next level and really help you guys with everything that you guys are doing. And we appreciate all the listens, all the follows. Make sure you guys hit us up on Twitter. You know, follow at Smash Except for our group handle. Myself at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. John at Dynasty underscore Trades. And we're just like, honestly, it's so exciting going into the new year. With, with I'm thankful for you guys. Every single one of you. I'm thankful for you, John, as a co-host. I'm thankful for all the guys in the crew. I'm thankful for you guys as listeners. I mean, you guys have really made us feel good. You guys have put it out there where – Okay, you know, this is this is a podcast that we love doing. It's a podcast you guys love to listen to. So we're just excited every week to put out good content for you guys. Yeah, your success is our success, right? I mean, it, it was is really gratifying to hear from some of you guys in my DMs that won championships because of a trade you made or some way the Smash Accept crew helped you out with your lineups. And that that's really what it's all about. I love the community. That's why we do it. We do this for fun and to help people out because we love it it's kind of a passion of ours and so that's that's the deal is just like mike said i mean keep hitting us up during the off season we're going to keep bringing it we're going to step it up we're going to do a lot of the research for you but help you make the best decisions for your dynasty teams and i really can't wait mike help me help you help (laughs) me sounds familiar that, that line there yeah you know you guys are the best so um yeah tune in to smash accept i appreciate you guys doing it this week and enjoy the process. Boom.